0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 189. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined as always by Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: What's up, Mr. Hurley?
0: I considered a funny name for you this week, but pulled out at the last moment. Uh, I didn't have anything good enough immediately come to mind.
1: You know, it's always trouble whenever you do that because then you're gonna people want it the next time.
0: I know. We need to just
1: just for old times' sakes. We need to pull up uh, Kanuni Renishin's old list um, uh, and and pick out some of our favorites. Just uh, you know, maybe that's a good uh, episode two hundred type of thing we
0: should do. Yeah, I'll 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 find that list and put it in the show notes for anybody that has (laughs) no idea what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, I think a a lot of people don't, and there's still tons of people I know. I know Chuck is listening in the in the chat room today. He's one that's a, a newish listener but he's plowed through like all the episodes in like a couple months so you know he's used to hearing the all the names and then all of a sudden they just stop <laughs> well we should we should have a name for our special guest we have on today michael
0: yeah we did but i don't should. have one i don't have, have one but
1: because her first name is so awesome <laughs> and her first name is june hey june how are you
2: i'm very well brad hey mike thanks for having me
0: Absolute pleasure. Again, another thing long time listeners of the show may remember that uh, me and Brad were very excited when uh, June spoke about us on the Slate Cultural Gab Fest. It was quite some time ago now, but that was, yeah, yeah, that was a very exciting thing for us.
1: It was awesome. And so so for everyone that's not familiar, this is June Thomas from Slate. She's the Slate culture critic, the editor of Outward, which is Slate's LGBTQ section. She records more podcasts than Mike, I think. Is that accurate, June?
2: <laughs> Only this week. No one records more than Mike on a regular basis.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and most, most importantly, June is just full bore, stationary addict. And I think ever since – so I, I pulled up that um, – that uh, mentioned. It was in May 2014, June. And I forget who, a bunch of people, I mean, Slate's obviously a huge, huge, you know, kind of touchstone, I guess, on the internet, would you say? And so a lot of people listen to, you know, read what you write and listen to your different shows. And I just remember like my sister, you know, emailing me, you know, hey, you know, I just heard this on the Culture Gab Fest. And tell us about you know that that wasn't like your first kind of um article or or mention on slate about your stationery, you know, kind of addiction. Yeah. But that was the first time we kind of kind of came together right after that. So how did that come about?
2: Well, it's true. I had a little bit been in the closet about my stationary addiction. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and that mention on the Culture Cat Fest was really spontaneous because, you know, at the end of the show, there's endorsements. And I'd had something planned and then something came up and, you know, just organically in the conversation that made me think, no, I should talk about these, you know, this this world of pen and pencil podcasts. Um, The Erasable podcast had just started back then. So it was mostly you guys. And, uh, and it got that response that I know you guys are really familiar with, where people were like, pass about pens? <laughs> and, 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 but it was also that reaction that then there was, you know, this famous community was all, you know, kind of rose up and like, oh, you know. And so then I did start to write more about my stationary tastes. Um, because people, you know, a lot of people are like, whatever. I have no idea what you're talking about. This is crazy. This is something from childhood or whatever. But then... Even if it's only a few people and it's actually more than a few, there is such a, you know, a a kinship uh, of people who say, oh, my goodness, I love stationery, too. So that encouraged me to now be a little bit more open about my love of pens, papers, pens, pencils and paper.
0: Well, I'm always surprised by how I still very, very frequently um, have people say something to me like, that podcast about pens or they reference it in a really weird way. Like I was out for my brother's birthday. I went to go visit my brother and we were kind of in the pub with some of his friends. And one of them mentioned the pen addict as that pen podcast is, is frequently how this show is referred to uh, by people that don't completely understand it.
1: Well, it's true. Uh, two weeks ago when we recorded at 11, we got kicked off the live stream because we, we misfired on the time. Right. And upgrade was it up? No, it was clockwise, was getting ready to come on with Jason Snell. So um, a bunch of the clockwise clockwise listeners were coming into the chat room while we were still recording (laughs) and they weren't sure what's going on. And uh, Jason said something. You you said something about, um, you know, we're still recording the pen addict. And one of the one of them seriously asked goes, oh, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and you you got offended? You like you like snapped back at him. Yeah, like, it oh, no, no, joke it is very real. <laughs> this is an institution.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. That's right. Every now and then, someone will say something, and uh, it, you know, I'm just like, come on, this is a big thing. This is the pan addict. <laughs> and,
1: well, and then to have someone as famous as June Thomas, as you know, famous, see, yes, see, yeah, that's right. Seeing this, seeing this come up in Slate and and, and things like that, it, it's it's pretty cool. And you the article you I was referring to before that you had referenced even before um, the Cultural Gap Fest mentioned you just you're you're addicted to stationary posts. Right. I mean the the first sentence is is pretty much all everyone needs to know about you and I'm gonna read that for everyone. It says on a shelf not too far from the desk where I'm typing sit two hundred and sixty seven unused notebooks.
0: Yeah. That's my cupboard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> So how, how is that how is that shelf looking these days and uh are are you making any headway or has that like doubled now since uh you've kind of been drugging this <laughs> into this community whether you like it or not?
2: The answer to that question, Brett, is yes and yes. It grows yeah. all the time because uh, like, why would I stop? I love accumulating notebooks, and fortunately, they're inexpensive enough. You know, if I was addicted to pens, that might be slightly different. I merely like pens, but notebooks are the things, like, that's my happy place. Buying a notebook, that that sort of peps me up if I'm feeling down. Um, and so, yeah, I keep buying them. I keep finding new ones, but I also use them. I use a lot. I write all the time, um, and so I don't have any, you know, like, there, sometimes you collect something or you accumulate something and you feel a bit guilty about it but i have zero guilt about my stationary addiction because like what's the harm it's it's it even though often i'll just have them sit there some of them have been sitting there for years they've moved across country for me some may even have moved across oceans but i really do use them all the time and i'm a great believer in that you'll find the book for whatever it is that you need to do. And you don't know when you'll come across that. So things that I've put aside for ages, suddenly, you know, the moment arrives. And I pull them out of the pile. And so it sits there and it gets added to, but I also use them.
0: What's your favorite notebook at the moment, June?
2: Ooh, see, I have to say... (laughs) Right now, I'm loving the field notes. Um, Gosh, I've forgotten the name. Snowdrift No. What's the the fancy name? Um, Snowblind. Snowblind, thank you. I'm loving that. I really enjoy the cover. I, I... I never really go outside, so it, it's changed about once. But I love the. <laughs> Mine have it. never changed color. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm an indoor girl. That's how I am. Um, but I love the very light uh, grid. But I'm also really big on Forest Choice notebooks. Um, you know the ones that mm-hmm. you can get from pencils.com, Super cheap. I love those. I, I use those for my daily journaling. Um, I'm a great believer in. Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say I'm a great believer. But I think a lot of us get intimidated by notebooks. You know, they're too nice. Mm. They're too precious. They're too special. And I really find that when what helps me to write, which is kind of the purpose of all these notebooks, is having a notebook that I like and enjoy, but that I don't feel too precious about because I have another 266 of them sitting on the shelf. <laughs> or they're easy to find again. So um, I really love... Uh, working in those notebooks because I think they take all kinds of pen very well. Um, I have the small and the large. Uh, I'm doing a special project soon, um, and I even though I use a lot of the same type of notebooks, I've actually also pulled out a. Um, is, what's the name of that company uh, from San Francisco? Brad, we talked about it years ago. That makes backpacks and also folios. Um, um, I can Rickshaw. see there. Rick, Rick, Rickshaw. Rickshaw. Ah, uh,
0: yes. Uh,
2: yeah. I had a. I bought a rickshaw folio many years ago. Used mm-hmm. it once or twice. Put it back in my drawer. I've pulled that out. I've got my notebooks in there for that project. So it's like it's all about what's right for a particular project or a particular pen that you're into right then. So long answer, but um, there's mine. Do you,
1: do you have a do you have a daily process for writing? I mean, a lot of your job involves writing and note taking. Exactly. And, you know, you have yeah. you're you're into all kind of stuff. I mean. I'm, I don't watch much TV, but between you and Christina Warren, I'm up on, like, every TV show <laughs>
2: right.
1: that, there, yeah. that there is. I mean, do you do you have any kind of process?
2: I do. I have so many. It's ridiculous because, you know, I live in a New York apartment. I should be super efficient. Mm. And in many ways, <laughs> I am efficient. I feel like as as somebody about getting my work done, I'm super efficient. But when it comes to stationery, I'm a little… Like I, I like to use all my books, you know. It's like they say mm-hmm. on the Anderson Pen Podcast: use your pens. So one way of using your pens is to have a lot of notebooks going. So um, I basically have like a big pad at the, that I keep at the side of me. That's um, actually a Cambridge wirebound legal pad um, mm-hmm. that I kind of keep my daily to-do list on a weekly basis. Um, I sort of like let's just say a page for each week. So I keep that by me. I always have a field notes in my pocket. I usually have um, a Marizen uh, B5 uh, notebook um, that I find are great for just kind of making notes if I'm writing something. Uh, it's a weird thing, you know, if I'm writing uh, a piece. Uh, it kind of depends on how big I think the piece will be, what notebook I use. Um, I Because I want to have enough space for what I You know, for all the notes that I need for the piece, but I also don't want to have too much because that feels wasteful. I don't like to waste paper. Um, So again, a very peculiar process. That's all in my head about what's the right size. Um, I have um, notebooks for to keep track of various things. Different notebooks for some. If I'm going to like an ongoing project that's going to be quite extensive, um, I have a separate notebook for that. Um, Or I, you know, I do some I. Mostly write for Slate, but I also have some other columns or freelance pieces that I do. So I'll often have a different notebook, which is uh, currently a field notes that I keep inside a Notco container. Let's say a Notco. What do you call these things, Brad? Uh, Notco,
1: a case, a case, case. Thank you. That's the word. Notco
2: case. -case. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, for another magazine that I write for. And then in the evening, I have, um, I, as I say, I journal in the Forest Choice notebooks. And I just do two sides. And um, that might seem like a little bit, but I've never ever in all my life, despite having been a professional journalist for a long time, I was never able to journal. That was like, I either I felt oh, I've, I've written myself out, I've, I write all the time, or I just... Again, maybe I was a little bit intimidated by books, but I've managed to keep that up for almost a year, which I feel like I should throw a party for wow. myself. Um, yep. And there's something, again, it's like this they, they feel very throwaway. It's nothing too special, but I like to put stickers on them and make them a little bit special, but blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots of different processes. And when I'm watching television, if it's something that I might write about, again, I have another notebook that I... Keep notes about TV shows in partly so that I can kind of index them and find the specific notes. So if I keep them separate from just general stuff, that feels uh, useful because I do often have to kind of go back to, to that writing so that I can, you know, find old notes and stuff.
1: So pe- people listening to this right now, I mean, that they, they listen to um, a show about pens and, and, paper <laughs> and all that stuff, they're like totally nodding their head. They're like, yes, I do the same thing. And, you know, I have these 10 different notebooks going for all these 10 different projects. And man, j- j- this is awesome. And, you know, in the real world, <laughs> it doesn't really apply. But, you know, I-, I look back, you know, I've had this problem since childhood. Like, how long does this go back for you to where you like actually cared about, you know, what paper you write on or or what pen you had or, or things like that. I mean, is this a long-seated thing or is this kind of a relatively new thing?
2: No, it's it's, uh, it's, it's a forever thing for me. I, I've yeah. always related. When you've talked about, um, you know, going with your granddad to the university bookstore, or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that was your origin story, right? Yep, yep, I, absolutely. I, I could totally relate to that because I have such clear memories of going, uh, in my case, to WH Smith's in Bolton. And just spending hours and hours just wandering the aisles. And WH Smith-Brad is a very standard store. It's, it's probably the most... like There's one on every high street in England. Yep. Uh, mm. And it's it's a general store in a way. They have newspapers and books and, and stationery. And it's, it tends to be kind of, as I say, standard stuff. But I would find so much entertainment in that store. It was like the greatest <laughs> television show. Um, and so I've always been... Very much, and for me, like I think my the thing that I really enjoy is finding the right paper for the right pen. You know, it's all about. I'm like a total matchmaker of pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if you have kind of a crummy pen or crummy paper, you can always you can always still find a thrill of of matchmaking. So yeah, that's been something that I have always enjoyed. And when I travel, again, it's a crazy thing, but I love to. First of all, I love to just go into supermarkets and look at like, oh, so this is what's in a Dutch supermarket, Um, which is, you know, when I come back home, oh, what did you do? Well, I spent a lot of time wandering the aisles of uh, of a superstore. Um, And then I also like to go to just, you know, I like to go to nice ones, but I'm really happy just going into a, you know, just a regular old office supply store. There's always something that you discover. uh, And I'm fascinated by Different kinds of books that dif- that are used in different countries. So it's a very long and enduring um, passion. And other things that I liked when I was a kid have kind of fallen away, uh, but stationery is something that has endured for me. Uh,
1: yeah, that's that's fantastic. And one of the one of the things we're going to talk about later in the show. One of the reasons why I want to have June on is we're going to do a, a a stationary tour of New York City, and she's going to help us shop uh, throughout the city. But you know, before we even get to that. I found out something earlier this week that you've been into quite a long time and as well, and that's the adult coloring scene. Um <laughs> so on the Double the X Gab Fest, which I, you record every two weeks uh, that's right. for Slate. That's right. And I listened to this most recent episode, because you we were talking about adult coloring. Number one, I about I'm glad I didn't have a drink in my mouth when you were explaining <laughs> Uh, some of the coloring books you've used back in the day, because I Quite. was just r- rolling on the floor. Um, but then you went into, I mean, you've been essentially adult coloring for
2: <laughs> since I was years, an if
1: not decades. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. and, and uh, your hosts, uh, your co-hosts were just like kind of flabbergasted a little bit uh, about uh, this whole adult coloring thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were, I think, um, I mean, we know. That we were a little late to that topic, but uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, like a lot of people, they discovered it from the sales, you know, these massive sales that we've seen of, of the big coloring books. You know, the millions of copies that Johanna uh, Basford has sold. And some...
1: I was in Barnes & Noble yesterday, and they're like front and center on like the big display.
2: Yeah, and I think I heard that like something like five of the top 10 sellers on Amazon last year, which is a huge amount of, of the book sales in, in America, mm-hmm. were coloring books. So, uh, you know, a little late, but also the mainstream And yeah, they were sort of, they'd not done it. Um, And, you know, it's something that I've been doing. I've actually done it a little less because I'm one of those people, it's horrible and irritating that, you know, once something gets popular, I'm a little bit of a hipster like that. I've a little bit bit put aside my coloring books uh, or just like try to pull out my old school ones, you know, just to show that I'm, you know, an OG colorer. Right. But, um, I've, yeah, I've, I've, done it forever. And I, I, my big thing, um, I love to do it with, uh, magic pencils. Uh, that I know Anna was talking about the last time she was on. And I know that you bought yes. Mike when you were in New York, mm-hmm. that's a really great way to color. Like I'm into coloring, but I'm not into like the picking up and putting down of the. I'm going to sound like the la- laziest person in the world. The picking up and putting down of the different colors. So I like to just you know <laughs> use the one pencil that you can manipulate slightly, but also be surprised by. Uh, I think looks. I think it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, putting it down a little bit because I, I don't want to be too, uh, too much of a hipster.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not going to let you completely off the hook though because apparently <laughs> Mike. Uh, you and I are a couple of dudes who um, – <laughs> two dudes who talk about this stuff on, on the podcast. And one of us has basically become a full-on trader going into the uh, the digital coloring uh, <laughs> as opposed to the analog stuff. Right, June? Is, is that, I, I, did I sum that up uh, well, pretty fairly? Yeah,
2: you, you know, I I had forgotten that, but now, now you bring it back to me. I think in the heat of the moment,
0: I did suggest,
2: as I may have in the past, that there does there tend to be a – differentiation between men and women as far as uh, love of using gadgets. Now, I, I'm a woman and I love gadgets, so I'm not making this like one thing or the other, but there's a tendency. I think you might say that men tend to be more into the using gadgets to do things that you don't necessarily need gadgets to ac- accomplish the deed. Mm-hmm. And so when my, you were talking about your love of the app that lets you color on your iPad, that felt to me like a very – doodly way to do coloring <laughs>
0: yeah i mean i have books and i love my books I but i really love pigment the app that i use because i it is like an infinite source that's what i like about yeah it. and yeah. it doesn't yeah. take do... up my entire desk
2: yeah exactly pretty... yeah yeah and you don't have to keep uh buying more uh more more markers because i know you mm-hmm. go through them when you're using markers
1: yeah, yeah we we do okay. need to share your um your your sticker mic for the the pencil you made the pencil look like a pencil
0: oh the d brand uh yeah, skin yeah yeah the d brand yeah yeah I've been yeah, meaning to mention this i found the, a skin like that you can stick on the apple pencil that makes it look like a hp pencil ah,
2: that's awesome <laughs>
1: so we'll, we'll put that in the show notes yeah. um it's it it's pretty cool looking all right so i want to june we'll, we're going to get more into this background stuff and i want to get on this oh. new york station stationary tour because mike has recently been i've been to new york like a decade ago and before i was like really into like hunting all this stuff down and so i want to hear i mean new york city is one of the 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 core stationary cities so we're going to talk about that but let's uh let's talk about our first sponsor mike what do we got today
0: this week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet, the seller of all your favorite brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot Namiki, Sailor Kaveco, and many, many more. They have authentic, amazing rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils Everything that you're going to want to need to satiate the pen addictness in yourself or in somebody else that you love. They also have carrying cases and refills and converters, everything that you're going to want. They have free shipping on orders of over $50 in the continental United States and they sell internationally as well. Pen Chalet has low prices on high quality pens and they believe in customer satisfaction and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee to prove it pen Chalet are always doing special discounts they're always adding new styles of pens and you should always be thinking that if you want to buy a new pen or you're looking for something go to pen Chalet first because at any time you can use the code penaddict at checkout and you'll get 10 percent off anything that you buy there or you can click the podcast link at the top of the website enter the password penaddict for some special savings this week we have the pilot Night for the price of a Pilot Metropolitan. Uh, Ron has the uh, Silver Medium Pilot Night on sale uh, for Pen Addict listeners. The retail of this pen is $48, but you can pick this one up after the 10% coupon as well for just $14.99, which is a fantastic deal from the Pen Chalet.
1: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. The Knight, I I don't own a Knight, but it came out a few years ago. It was kind of the precursor to the Metropolitan before I guess they decided to really go all in with the entry-level Metropolitan. This was kind of their take on an entry-level traditional style fountain pen. Um, And I think it did pretty well. It looks like the same nib that goes in the Metropolitan, um, which I I think is fantastic and I think everyone pretty much loves. Um, So, yeah, this is, I mean... I know these pins went for we're going, you know, street price around 40 something dollars. So for $15, which is might even be less than the Metropolitan these days, um, it's at least right there in the ballpark. Um, it, it's just it's a real good pin and a real good purchase. Yep. And I'm scrolling down the list, rest of the list, Mike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of my favorite pins, the Platinum 3776. He has the the Psy, which was one of the limited edition ones, one of the clear uh, one of the clear demonstrator models um on sale for i clicked the link so now i can't see it it was really cheap uh 140 145 which is like nuts i i mean i paid way more than that for mine and uh, i love this pen the 3776 nibs are, are incredible and um i i really really enjoy that pen
0: thank you so much to pen chalet for sponsoring this week's episode of the pen Addict podcast
1: all right, June. Before we go on tour, it just hit me that I, I had a question I didn't write down. Um, oh, no, 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 no! It's a, it's a, it's a good question. <laughs> you don't use fountain pens, do you?
2: No, I do actually. I, I do use okay. fountain pens. Um, okay. But I, it's I, it's funny though because I tend to use them for leisure rather than for what you might, what I might sort of separate out as my work. Which, when you're a journalist, mm. is very hard to do because you're always, in fact, like gathering information and stuff. But, um. So yeah, I have a few, but I tend to be um, a little like I know that that's a really expensive potential sinkhole. So <laughs> uh, I tend yeah. to I tend to only buy them by mail because I, I'm afraid of going to a pen store. Uh, but like, I love my Lamy 2000. I have an oh, ink that that's... I really love. So I have definitely have pens, um, gotcha. but I I am a little bit of a uh i'm afraid that that's that's where i'm afraid of really going down the retail Uh, so you know that's that's that way um bankruptcy lies
1: yeah but 267 notebooks is okay right
2: (laughs) no that's fine that's fine
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) just making sure just making sure all right Uh so i feel that um new york city as a whole it's like Completely unfair to the rest of us <laughs> because all the cool stuff is there, right? All the cool stuff is is in New York City. So I wanted to talk to you about a few of the the spots that I really wish I could get to in New York City. Then maybe a few of the uh, the hidden gems that uh, that you haunt frequently. Uh, How does that sound?
2: That sounds fantastic.
1: So I think the the first spot I would probably go because I'm a huge Japanese pin fan mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Just Japanese stationery fan in general is uh, Kino Kaniya. Is is that a store that's uh, on your radar, or you you do you make a pilgrimage there uh, frequently?
2: Yes, that's a, a regular stop. Partly because it's you know it's in a really good location. It's very easy to get to, uh, and so that's and also my partner is has studied Japanese for many years, and so uh. like she goes to look at books and and you know buy books in Japanese, and I, uh, and she also likes stationery, so we're, you know, we are both spend a lot of time there very happily. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's a fantastic place. Brad, I, I hope that when you eventually go there again, or go there for the first time, perhaps, they still have, you You know how you did the interview um, for the New York Times magazine about the, yes. about the signal. Well, so they've got yes. that torn out of the magazine, but because it went over onto two pages um the the thing that was the next story is also um taped to the you know to the the, the rack and I, as i recall it's about how to roll a blunt so every time i see every time i'm looking at pens and shopping for pens i see your name and i'm like oh what the pen out. and then i'm like what it's like a weird weird kind of i always want to take a picture like yes it's still here um, so uh, anyway, yes, yeah. K- Kinokuniya is a fantastic store. It is—I mean, talk about a store that you could wander around forever. Um, you know, it's it's basically a Japanese office supply store. Um, the pens are better than you would find in a in a you know big box American store. But you know, a lot of the stuff that we kind of fetishize a little bit is pretty standard stuff for them. Um right. And but it's an absolutely fantastic place to to wander. And again, because I suppose like W.H. Smith, it has books in English. It has books about Japan in English. Um, So as a bookstore, it's great. They have some, um, you know, a few uh, gifty type things. Uh, They also have just a a magnificent stationery section with just as all the Japanese things that you could find, including a few pens and fountain pens. Although just the way that that's set up is not terribly inviting. I've fortunately been able to resist the temptation to, to do any fountain pen shopping there. Uh, but mm-hmm. then there's also Japanese magazines which are kind of facing the stationary area. And I don't know about you guys, but I love Japanese magazines. I, I'm especially drawn to the Japanese kind of men's magazines. Um, mm-hmm. Things like Free and Easy, Popeye, uh, these kind of it's very, you know, the, the things that they think uh, of as being uh, manly stuff, which is like a very um, uh, American, classic American jeans or preppy look, mm. and then fountain pens and then glasses and then, you know, just this, I can't resist those books. So I, I, they're a little bit expensive, but it's great to have all of those things, you know, essentially in one building right uh, at Bryant Park. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think I would actually probably spend more in the magazine section than the yeah. pen section. I mean, no what they're expensive, you know, by the t- Right. They're expensive to begin with, but yeah. I like that aesthetic. I like that style. I like seeing all the things that they come up with that, you know, just, uh, you know, that we don't necessarily do here or that's regularly accessible here. So, yeah, that that's really cool. What have what if you found anything um as far as pens or pencils or paper um there that's just kind of really you know, struck your fancy that you couldn't come up with uh, anywhere else?
2: You know, not so much that I couldn't come up with, but there's always, you know, again, it might be, I love uh, the index cards. I mean, I'm a big fan of Notko uh, cards, of course, but mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. love the um, Kikuyo, um, in information cards, as they call them, which are essentially index cards in lots of different sizes, uh, you know, standard sizes, but I can't resist them. Um, I, you know, and again, these days, thanks to jet pens and just the sort of general, generally increased availability of Japanese pens and, and Japanese stationery uh, in the U.S., um, it's easier to find them. But it's always nice just to be able to try things. Um, yeah, you know, I, for example, I was never a coletto user. It just didn't seem like something that would interest me. Once I went there, just kind of tried one, purchased a few refills, put them together. I now use a Coletto constantly. And again, that feels (laughs) like a pen that's like, it's a a little bit reminds me of being in school. And so, you know, I sometimes feel like, am I a middle-aged woman or a school girl using this pen? But (laughs) it's a really awesome pen and it's nice to be able to switch colors and, you know, pull out, you know, bring out a big orange pen right next to, you know, a blue-black refill. So, um, you know, it's just like having a chance to just touch things and play with them and try them which um, it's always possible to do there, uh, that it just, and to see the paper, you know, I I also like just the kind of campus notebooks, which again, are just their most basic school notebooks. Um, But I, I love them. I can never resist them. I often go in there thinking, just going to get this one refill. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that never happens.
1: Well, people send me pictures um, from there all the time. And it's just, you know, just I just want to go stand there for a minute and see like every Kalito refill is there on yeah. the shelf, right? It's that's yeah. not stuff you run into at, you know, going to Staples or Office Max. It's just it's kind of uh, kind of mind blowing.
2: Yeah, it's a wonderland and in all the sizes as well. So your ridiculous skinny size, which I just <laughs> I, I I make a face at. and then the nice thick refill, well, they're really not thick enough but the as big as they get as well so yep. you know there's something for everyone yep
1: yep so now kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum which you know just in you know our realm might actually be a cooler store and and i'm super jealous of mike that he's been to this store is cw pencil enterprise so do you, yes. you make it over to uh, caroline weaver's uh, wonderful shop
2: um uh, not as much as I'd like to but yes and it is a fantastic shop I, I you know knowing that I was going to be um have the honor of being a guest on your show this week I popped over there this weekend oh. and it was it was packed and it was fantastic <laughs> and there was that thing again that we were talking about earlier where people who sometimes respond to the this show like really what what we were heading there and we were purposefully heading there but you know it's a neighborhood where people are just wandering around And there were people, as we were trying to get up the stairs, that were going, wait, what? It's a shop, just pencils? That's crazy. (laughs) And they went in and, of course, they bought something. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's just so fantastic. Um, I also, I mean, obviously, it's a great store. They know pencils. They've got a lot of pencils. um, But that's also fantastic that they make it really easy for, for you to try things and they can advise you and... Um, you know, I remember when you went there, Mike, you were saying that you can have this really nerdy conversation about pencils, yeah. which, you know, it's fun. Um, but that if you can, it's almost like, you know, the Slack Room or something where you can mm. nerd out as much as you like. And, you know, you're actually getting to use your knowledge or, uh, you know, to to be... For it to be, a, it's a safe space, you know, where you can fully right. nerd out on on stationary.
0: Yeah, what I really liked about CW is that you can try everything there. Like exactly. it's really easy to just grab something and see what it's like and, and get a, a feel for it before you think about buying it. That's that's really important, and they they take great pains in making sure that that works.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and I, they've sort of beefed up their the the notebook selection that they have since the first time that I went there. And I love that they're constantly getting more and more stuff um you know i think caroline is really you know she's really committed and she's really into it and uh Mm -hmm. that's really obvious and i love any kind of store like that where you you know that's one thing that we have a lot of in new york like just weird little stores um you know that it's like the restaurant that only sells rice pudding it's weird Mm -hmm. but it's awesome and if you are a rice pudding fanatic we're better in the world and for us you know, the equivalent is CW Pencils and, and their ilk.
1: So the the thing I want to experience going to CW uh, Pencils is just seeing just the eyes wide open smiles <laughs> of everyone that walks into that shop. Because I just know that's how it would be. I mean, that's how I would be. And I know the things that are in there. But people experiencing that for the first time or coming back after they've discovered it, it's just that's the thing about stationery as a whole, I think, you know, just for $3, you can put the biggest grin on your face. Um, absolutely. And just have this total enjoyment and, you know, forget about other things going on in the world. And for this minute, you know, just be enamored with the the pencil and the piece of paper you're, you're writing with. And, you know, seeing a shop like CW do so well and following them online and just, um, You know, hearing about the shop being packed when you went over there this weekend, it just makes me so, so happy. I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled to to hear that type of stuff.
2: Yeah. And, you know, what was really sweet, too. When we walked in, there were the Caroline actually wasn't there, but um, I don't know quite. I don't know the name of the person who was who was working there, but there were some kids there. And, you know, they were buying pencils like kids do. And, you know, is the way Mm -hmm. she was talking to them, the way she was getting them all revved up about buying pencils and how exciting that was. You think, this place is creating so many stationery nerds. It's fantastic. You know, there's, there, there's, you can't have too many stores like that. They have to be a bit special, but they really get people excited about this stuff. And, and in a way that, you know, I, I don't hate big box stores, but there's no way that you can ever turn people on to stationery in those places. Uh, right. and, and this is like evangelism for stationery. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Have you ever done that at a big box store? It's uh, been standing in the pen aisle, like at Staples and see someone, you know, I used to do this years ago. I haven't been to Staples in forever, but someone would be like looking around and, you know, have these couple different pins pen, out trying to think about what they want to do. And I was like, oh, you don't want that one. <laughs> I, used to, I used to do that to people.
0: <laughs> have you heard had the of pleasures them. of the DX? So <laughs> if I could just have a moment of your time.
1: <laughs> I like felt bad. I like look around. I was like, oh, are there cameras over here? I probably shouldn't be doing <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, no wearing the same color polo shirt that the staff wear because that would oh, be cheating. Oh, that's right. That would huh? be bad. That would be bad.
1: So, uh, uh, another store on my my stationary tour of New York City when I when I come, which it, it's got to be soon. I, I'm I'll, I'll be to New York before before you know it. But I have to make a jaunt to Muji. And uh, is that a is that a, a store you frequent? I mean, it, I know it's not just stationary, but they're known for. I mean, all the products that they sell, but you know, in our little realm, their stationery is yeah. really, really good. Is, is that something you get into at all?
2: Absolutely. I, I've i been a long time. I mean, they're bigger in Europe, um, there, or rather there are more mm. of them. Certainly in Britain, I've, you know, h- had a chance to go to a bunch of Muji stores there. Um, but, and one thing that frustrates me slightly about Muji is that, at least in the New York uh, branches, they don't rotate the stock a lot. Um, mm. Around the new year, you get the new batch of calendars and diaries but it tends to be kind of the same stuff they might have um you know they didn't introduce a new sarasa like pen last year but and so it's always worth going in um I t- i've actually moved away from there i used to use their gel, gel pens all the time but i kind of moved away from those so i still go in and i'm it's still i'm always excited to see what there is um but it's a little frustrating that they they just don't change the stock all that much. But I love their paper. It's such a great price. You cannot beat their price. Um, and again, for that whole point, which maybe is just me, but where you're not going to be intimidated by paper and you can just write and write and write, their stationery, their, book, their notebooks are fantastic for that. I just want to mention one thing, though, if I could just go back a little bit. Um, sure. There's one, there's one store that I think doesn't usually get on the New York stationery tour um, because it's an odd little store, um, and it used to be out of the way. Um, it's not moved, but now that CW Pencil has been established, it's you know, it's close to something else. So about three blocks away from CW Pencil is this place called Top Hat, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's one of those New York stores that it's really hard to get a sense of what's in there from the outside. Um, it's in the Lower East Side, so it's, you know, not necessarily surrounded by other stores. And it is it is a peculiar store. They just have strange, unusual things. Um, but among those things are some stationary products that I've really not seen in other places except in Japan. Now partly that's because they are, I believe, a distributor for Delphonics stuff, um, mm-hmm. which is hard to come by. Not impossible but hard to come by in the US. So they have a few pens, but they're very strong on peculiar or just uh, you know, unusual for this country notebooks. Um they also have you know, like they <laughs> they just have a lot of weird stuff. Um so it's it's worth going uh for just to see things that you don't see in many stores uh but they have a really unusual uh uh, selection of notebooks so if you're into notebooks and if you like the sort of smooth japanese paper uh that's a very good place to check out
1: does is delphonics the one that makes the rollabon notebook yes is that the one
2: Yes. I haven't used and,
1: those, and everyone keeps telling me I need to use those. Um, I, I need to to get a hold of some of those. Have you ever used one of those by chance?
2: Yes, yes, I love them. They are it's it's. I'm going to send you one, by the way. Uh, they <laughs> I I love the the form factor. They're cool. I like this. So they they've got the creamy paper, and they have like the, uh, a whole bunch of um sort of clear pockets at the back. To be honest with you, the, hmm. the, the the form factor, just the literal size is a little peculiar. It's it's not standard. So it's, I'm always a little bit like, oh, you know, it's just hard to get used to a different literal size. But they're very cool, and they come in the best colors. Um, and one of the odd things about Delphonics, other than their pens, I don't think they actually have Delphonics on them. Um, hmm. So it's, you know... You, it's not necessarily obvious that they're all from one company, and they they have peculiar branding on them. Um, but yeah, that's an that's an example of a of a, a book uh, that's that's a very cool book. I think um, also has the the elastic uh, closure, uh, which you know is I find very handy, and is yeah. on a lot of Muji books, but isn't isn't necessarily standard on a lot of books.
1: See, that's why we have to have you to have, have all these little uh, secret locations that's, uh, you know, to for anyone that's making the trip, you know, they can they can figure these things out. That's that's pretty cool. Top hat. Never yeah. heard of them. So that's perfect. Perfect, perfect. Now, the one I have heard of that you put on the list and, and you know, I, I wouldn't have thought of, but it, it makes perfect sense is the McNally Jackson Bookstore.
2: Yeah, so McNally Jackson is a really cool independent bookstore in Soho. It's very close to the Apple Store. Mike, you can just pop down after popping to pop into the Apple Store.
1: Uh, Easy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's on the same street. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's a great bookstore. Uh, and they have a really excellent selection of notebooks, uh, including they carry field notes. And, uh, you know, it's not like they have anything super rare, but they tend to have, you know, the, the last few... Um, Releases in the colors as well as the standard notebooks. But they just have, you know, a good selection of unusual notebooks, um, which honestly in New York kind of becomes a little bit standard. But there's, I can, I, if I go in there thinking I'm just going to buy a paperback novel, I always end up also leaving with a notebook <laughs> because, you know, we, we are what we are. But they also have, I'm not quite sure exactly how long ago, maybe. 18 months ago or so, they opened another store around the corner, which is a very New York store. And also I've um, heard it uh, lead to some strange comments of people walking by, like, what are they selling? Uh, Because it's called McNally Jackson Goods for the Study. And it's a a whole, you know, it's a full-on store that has, it's basically laid out as if it was a million people's um, studies. So it's like a a long, a lot of kind of big tables. And on the tables are like, um, you know, big notebooks, um, some keyboards, a lot of, uh, you know, lamps, so, you know, table lamps that you might have for your study, lots of pens and pencils. And again, um, kind of unusual, you know, things that maybe for us are not necessarily all that difficult to come by, you know, gavecos of various kinds, um, you know, semi standard, but also with a lot of choice, um, you know, that you can try. Um, and again, they have quite a few unusual notebooks. And every single time, you know, so doing this little trip that I did just to sort of make sure that nothing had moved or, or changed their focus <laughs> cost me a fortune this weekend because I couldn't <laughs> resist. From them, I bought uh, this peculiar, I think, Jack, I, know, I mean, Korean notebook um, from paperways, a, a, you know, just this strange layout that I, I couldn't resist, large format. Um it's irresistible and just they have a really great unusual selection um that is is just hard to resist if you have any kind of feeling for this kind of product
1: yeah now that that totally seems like a new york city store and you're you're describing this store and i'm like
2: i've got to go there
1: that, that sounds just <laughs> really cool it's it's like a furniture store of just like desk setups it sounds like yeah totally crazy like the nowhere would would think of this, <laughs> think this would be a really good idea, except probably okay. in New York City, maybe Tokyo, yeah, exactly. something exactly. like that, exactly. something like that. All right, there's a few more I want to get to. But first, we want to talk about our good friends at Squarespace.
0: You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com. You want to use the offer code INC at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you'll be able to put a site online that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. No coding experience required. Everything is so easy to use. They have intuitive tools that can make your website look and feel exactly how you want. They have drag and drop tools. They have all types of fantastic things. Like maybe you want to add a store to your site, you can do that. Maybe you want to add a map to your store right so people can come find your physical location you know maybe you have a pencil store in New York City and you want to show people where it is you can very easily add a map there they have great templates that allow you to tailor your site to the exact thing that you need maybe you're a musician maybe you're a restaurant maybe you want a gallery maybe you want a blog no matter what it is they have fantastic templates that all feature responsive design to make your site look good on all sizes of device Squarespace are trusted by millions of people around the world because they use state of the art technology to power your site and ensure security and stability at all times. And they back all of this up with their 24-7 support with live chat and email. Squarespace have a a thing called their dev platform, so it's out of beta, it's available to everybody, Um, and if you are somebody who understands how to use code, you can go in under the hood and make some changes uh, to your Squarespace site if you want, take it further than ever before, but you really don't need to know any of this stuff to use Squarespace, and that's why I love them. You can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start booting your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. Their plans start at just $8 a month, and if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code INK at checkout. You'll get 10% off your first purchase at Squarespace and show your support for this show. Thank you to Squarespace for helping out today. Build it beautiful.
1: So Spoonbill and Sugartown, June, is another bookstore you put, you put in. Um, how does that compare to something like, you know, that's been like super established like Mac- McNally Jackson? How does how does Spoonbill and Sugartown fit into this whole stationary tour?
2: Well, that's um, a little uh, tribute to my my borough of Brooklyn. Uh, but mm. out in Williamsburg, if you want to um, go check out the hipsters in Williamsburg, which is terribly unfair <laughs> because, because it's actually a very cool neighborhood with more than hipsters and it has a lot of great stores. And Spoonbill and... Um, Sugartown is a relatively new store it's um, it is it is a very Brooklyn store I think and they um, you know they, they they're they the kind of equivalent uh, of these small independent stationery stores uh, in a bookstore like yes it's an independent bookstore but their their inventory is not like every other independent bookstore and very different from what you'd find in Barnes & Noble so it's again a, a just an interesting different place and mm. they have Um, a a selection of uh, books, notebooks that they've clearly put a lot of effort into gathering together. Now they're not super rare or anything. They, they have a lot, but they have a lot of Japanese notebooks, you know, the um, forgetting the name of them, even though I have a bunch, the uh, is it MN or ML or whatever. And the, you know, the very nice uh, smooth Japanese paper in various formats. Um, So I don't know if it would be worth going to Williamsburg just for the stationery just to go there. But if you happen to be in that neighborhood, do not skip that store. Um, And also I just wanted to, there's a, I forgot to put it on the list that I sent to you, but it just came into my um, head, maybe prompted by the, the uh, chat room, but there's a great um, store called AI Friedman, um, Mm. which is on West 18th street on West 18th street on that block. There are actually a few paper stores, but they're mostly kind of almost like paper for parties or paper for presentations for kind of professional type uses. But E. I. Friedman, I'm sorry, A. I. Friedman is a really again I keep saying using the same phrase because there there's a certain similarity to these stores even though they're <laughs> all different. Like it has a really great collection of notebooks, so they have you know the whole Moleskine you know now with all the ridiculous things that Moleskine's going into, you know, with the, the bags and the papers and the pens and the, you know, all of that stuff. But they also have, you know, 25 other kinds of notebooks uh, that you, you know, you will have seen somewhere. They've not got anything that's absolutely unique to them, but they do a great job of pulling together a whole bunch of things. Uh, and it's, it's just a, a neat store to check out. Um, they also sell bags, which... I think often is a, mm. a, you know, people who like stationery often also have a weakness for bags. So oh, yeah. it's, it's a dangerous place.
1: <laughs> so what, what I'm gathering from all this, and we got a couple more to, to, to talk about, is you pretty much live in heaven, right? I mean, for a yes. stationary person.
2: Yes, it's true. Yeah. You know, I I think that probably like a lot of other people, if I'm feeling down or frustrated or whatever, I know that if I go, you know, and it can be staples. It really doesn't even need to be sure. one of these fantastic places. like. A stationary store is my happy place, and it's nice to be able – it's nice and also a little bit frustrating because I never get out of there without buying anything. Um, you know, it's – it's yeah, it's awesome. It's nice to know what you like and what makes you happy and to be able to go there. And even if you do end up spending money, I, it doesn't have to be all that much. You can – you know, notebooks if, – if notebooks make you happy, that's a pretty good thing to be because they're a lot less expensive than shoes or bags or – a lot of the other things that make people happy,
1: or computers. The one store I would get in trouble at is, is one you don't visit for for reasons you were saying before, which is the fountain pen hospital. Like I, I yeah. would I would be almost scared to go in there, right? Because I'm not getting out of there for cheap, and you know I exactly. think they have some some things that are like specific for them, you know, inks yeah. or, or pens and things like that. And yeah, by the time you know I, I've hit all these other spots, I, I would be broke before I even got to. <laughs>
2: I God know Fountain
1: Pen Hospital.
2: Uh, that's that's a, I mean, partly I've never been there because I'm a little afraid. That's, I have to admit that. Right. Like, I'm t- it's just I, I know that that could be. <clears throat> excuse me, that could be a bigger problem.
1: Yeah, but oh, they also I'm a, have. I'm afraid, and I'm into that. Stuff.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Part of the problem is that they also have um, their hours are a little uh, unusual for New York, anyway. Um, hmm. They're they're sort of I think it's something like seven thirty to five thirty, and they're not open on weekends. Um, mm-hmm. so they, it's, you know, they kind of make it easy for me not to, not to <laughs> give into temptation there, but I'm super curious. I, I must go there sometime.
1: So you, you put on the list and it's harkens back to, to, to my story about stopping by some of these, uh, big university bookstores too, right? I would be all over that because they tend to have a lot of the technical stuff for like architect engineering and then they have a yes. whole full section for art supplies for any of the art schools and just kind of this paper that some professors requested special to have in there. And you end up finding all this random stuff, which is why I love university bookstores so much. I, Abs- I will always stop at university bookstores.
2: Absolutely. University bookstores are like some of the, the best stationery stores as well as Absolutely. the best bookstores. The in, I used to live in Seattle and Seattle's U bookstore is, I would say bar none the best bookstore. Uh, stationery store in Seattle, and, and Seattle has a Kino Kunia, So you know, mm-hmm. it's they can be good. Uh, NYU's bookstore isn't on the level of the U bookstore in in Seattle at the University of Washington, but it's definitely worth. Um, you know, again, it's not going to be your first stop on your stationery mm-hmm. tour, but don't sleep on it. Um, nor should you sleep on the m- many museums um, have yeah. really good stationery. I recently did a. Uh, a story for Condé Nast Traveler about um, the best museum stores. Now, mostly this was kind of a holiday gift guide kind of piece, but I was reminded because I sort of systematically went to a whole bunch of museum stores in a concentrated period of time that there are some really good stationary finds in museum bookstores. Um, so the Cooper Hewitt uh, museum um, which is a design museum and it's uptown so again it's a little bit away from most of the other uh, bookstores uh, or stationary stores but um, they have really good stationary um, and partly because one of the things that they do is they have this thing uh, within their museum store which is a fantastic museum store called the kiosk and this is actually kind of a it's almost an outside store that's in there And one of the things that the kiosk does, I think it's in Soho, is bring together stationery from around the world. Um, So from there, I bought um, a small, uh, unusual notebook from Mexico, which, you know, (laughs) couldn't get anywhere else. Um, They'd gone to Mexico and picked up these notebooks, and then they have them for sale in their store and also in the Cooper Hewitt store. Um, MoMA store, the MoMA design store, um, not the one actually at the... MoMA Museum, but um, there's a separate design store in Soho. They actually have a Muji branch inside, but they wow. also have other kinds of um, stationery. So again, not your first stop, perhaps, if you're focusing on just getting a bunch of like the best stationery, but definitely worth a visit if you have you know a number of days.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like for my New York trip, I need to plan on two or three days and a completely empty suitcase. Uh, Exactly when I come because I'm coming back with so much stuff. Did you did you have did you have a hard time coming uh, back? You didn't buy too too much, but you you spent over a hundred bucks at at Caroline's store, Mike, didn't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, I did. (laughs) Well well over that actually, but it was small things, luckily.
1: Right. Yeah. So like I would go to there's no store on here that you have mentioned, June, that I would not put on the list. Is like they all have these great unique things and. Now I'm yeah. just, all I want to do is like, go look at the calendar and f- figure <laughs> out when I, when I can get up there.
2: <laughs> you gotta do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you are planning, um, another trip this spring, right?
2: Yes. I'm very is excited.
1: That, is that something you can, you can talk about because we might, we might have to revisit, um, <laughs> this, this tour of a, of a different place. Um, if you, if you can spill the beans.
2: Yeah well uh, this is not an ex- I'm no I know there are people in the chat room who are more expert on this than me but I am going to Japan in uh March uh, to Tokyo oh. and um I've been there before and spent I swear half of my time it was a sort of a, a work pleasure trip I was writing I was doing a travel series about you know craftsmen in Japan but I also spent about half my time in fantastic stationery stores there and I picked March because apparently in March there are several fountain pen fairs uh, that happen in the big department stores. Um, and I'm also going to be writing an article about Nikaya uh, for a big uh, magazine.
0: Get out. <laughs> yes. So I'm
2: going to be uh, you know going to the Nikaya headquarters and also spending time with them at... Um, at one of the big fountain pen fairs that they'll be attending in March. So I am super psyched about that. And I think this is an occasion where uh, it's, it's been helpful for, for me now in terms of avoiding purchases because i like, why would I buy things here when I'm going to be in Japan and I'm going to, be, going to have true. access to all this stuff? But I'm a little bit afraid of what it's going to do to my bank balance. Because, you're
0: going to spend an awful lot of money for spending that amount uh, of time in the Kaya
2: exactly i know i'm terrified I'm terrified <laughs> but it's going to be fantastic
1: oh, i'm like i'm like getting chills for you i'm so excited so <laughs> you you're definitely coming on when you get back from that trip there's no there's no doubt about it
2: uh, i'd love it Ugh. but yeah there, i mean there's so many so many stores and so many like special things and it's i just i don't know Fortunately, you know, when you go to Japan, you have to take Omeyagi, the little gifts that you give to people. So we will have suitcases full of those things to go and then they'll be empty. And then what can you do but fill them? Nice. So, I know. That, will be, oh, that's that perfect. will be what we do. Yeah.
1: That is perfect. Well, this has been spectacular. I'm yep. like, I'm like jacked up to go to New York and to to see June and to hit all these shops. I, I I've got to get this done like soon. Um, there, there's no doubt that this is, this is going to be on my radar like really soon. And June, you're amazing for coming on and doing this. I yeah, really, really so appreciate much.
2: it. Not at all. So such a, such an honor. The only downside for me is it's going to be less exciting to listen to the podcast now. I This is the highlight of my week, every Wednesday now. So I'm just going to listen to my own voice droning on and on and on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. I do that sometimes, you know. Some, sometimes <laughs> I skip it. Most of the times I listen. But, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're feeling. The people who listen in the live chat room kind of kind of do the same thing. They're like, well, do I listen again now? Yeah, yeah. I guess I do. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, thanks so much. And we will be in touch very, very soon and we will have you back on sooner than later um, and if if not before Japan, definitely after.
2: Alright, that sounds fantastic. <clears throat> Alright.
0: If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 189. I've collected a bunch of links about all the places that we've spoken about um, this week's episode. If you want to find Brad online, of course, you can go to knock.co and penaddict.com. He is at dowdyism on Twitter and penaddict on Instagram. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. June, where can people go to find you?
2: Um, I'm at June Thomas on Twitter. um, And I think that's probably the best place.
0: Awesome. Um, And thanks again to Penchalet and Squarespace for sponsoring this week's show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys.
1: Goodbye, Goodbye, guys. guys.